Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Busy Playing Something. I'm your host for today, Vincent Gondello, joined by your co-host, Joshua LaRosa. Josh. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. Evening. Yeah, all that. <laughs> all that. I don't even know what time of day it is. Or what living time in of, my house. Yeah, or what time of night it is. I don't know. It's weird. Weird times. What day is it and who are you? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. But like I said before, we're busy playing something. We're available on Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube with podcasts going live Australian Eastern Standard Times on the Friday. And then our video podcast is going on YouTube, 9 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Times on Sunday. It's Man, really that is not that difficult. No, it is. It is when you don't have a script and you just ad lib it every single time. You've got to create a tune. That's how I get through it. Just right. like kind of, you know... I'm going to like chime it in like a lyric. Yeah, that's how I, I remember it anyway. Okay, that's good. But Josh, you know what else we're available on? Some sort of social feeds I've heard. That's it. We're available on Twitter at busy underscore playing and then Instagram and Facebook at busy playing something. Exactly. And we're making the agreement today. Vinny doesn't even know this is coming. When we get to 100 subscribers on YouTube, Vinny's going to create a Twitter handle. Oh, really? So I'm going to be back on Twitter? I didn't even know you were on it to begin with. Oh, no, no, no. I was on and then I was off it. And I've been off for about oh. a year now. And it's been fantastic. Too much negativity out there in the Twitter sphere. Yeah, people whinge on the internet. Yeah, I don't I'm you not, notice that. I don't like the whinging. Mm, mm, mm. But Vinny, what else? What's been going on with you? I've had a bit of a time today, which is why I started drinking at uh, 4.30 on the dot. It's been a day. Yeah. yeah, it's been an absolute day. What a year this day has been, let me tell you. Mm, 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 mm. tell us what happened oh just work stuff and then covid stuff so my niece is actually got tested for covid and i saw her on monday it is now thursday and in this last couple of days i've been to work i've seen my girlfriend and i am so hoping that it comes back negative because i'm wow. terrified of telling everyone that like yeah cool she's got covid clear out everything and all those COVID Condello jokes are really reigning true right now. Aren't they? Yeah, true. Are you the prophet? No, well, I've predicted many of things in the past. So maybe this is just one more. No, well, hopefully, hopefully everything turns out okay for you. <sighs> yeah. And the worst part is it's my birthday weekend this week. So it was going to be seeing all my friends and stuff, which I can't do now. So I guess I'm just playing Last of Us all weekend. It's, not a, it's not a bad thing. No, not it's, not, thing. it's not bad. But, you know, when someone, when someone tells you you want to do something... Mm-hmm. and now that you can't do something you automatically want to do it yeah i get you yeah yeah i get it's it. tough have you been playing anything anything new anything different what's happening oh this um this game's come out recently i'm not sure if you've heard of it it's called the last of us part two. Ah, oh, yes yes mm, the lost yeah. uh the uh you know the uh lost legacy of the it's a dark souls of the uncharted franchise i'm pretty <laughs> What? <laughs> what is? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Everything's the Dark Souls of something. So I just thought I'd play with it. Yeah, so you've been playing <laughs> Last of Us. Awesome. Yeah, I have. I'm about four or five hours in now, so not far, but mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, yeah. it'll be really good to, and we're gonna have a probably first part of the show talking about it. We're gonna keep it very spoiler free. 
Um, but have you been playing anything else before we move on? Uh, just, just been... No, not really. Just you know, ejected Persona 5, put in Last of Us, and then mm. playing League on the side. That's generally it. That's so those are my two. That's in my heavy rotation. Just league and I get another game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've uh, finished Bastion. Very nice. I'm busy playing something game uh, for today, which I'll be talking about later. Uh, God of War, I've kind of put on hold. Plague's Tale, I've kind of put on hold. It's Last of Us Two season, maybe. And I'm about eight hours in, so I'm not too. I'm. I'm really. I've got friends that have finished it, but I'm really just. You know, it's taken them. The first game out, game came out in 2013, so it's been seven years. Like I, yeah. I don't want to just blaze through it, and all it. Not that it affects me, but all their hard work I've done it in a weekend. I just want to, you know, just <laughs> enjoy it. Take it in, take in all the nuances. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm. And you're um you're playing it through with your fiance by your side, correct? Yes, up until today. Um, it's just, <laughs> it, it was just getting too hard because I was getting so like antsy because I work from home and sometimes I've got the chance to finish up a little bit early depending on the day and it's just, uh, you know, I want to play, I want to play, but I have been waiting and it's just, it's gotten to the point today where we've just had too much on and I'm like, I want to get through this bit before today's episode. So she's been there for about seven of the eight hours. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's... Last of Us, the original was always the game that I used to... I've said this about a million times. It was the game that I showed people that didn't play games. Yeah. That opening scene with Sarah and Joel at the start of the first game was always... I'm like, look at this. Look at, look at what games can do. And I tried that with Naomi. But because she's seen... She doesn't play games at all, but she... You know, we live together. So she's seen the types of games I play. She could tell that that game was aged. Yeah. She could tell that it was a PS3 or 4 game. Um... So I'm like, all right, well, this is the chance to, to, to kind of bring her in. So we watched a, a Last of Us recap, um, okay. about 15, 20-minute recap before going into this. And then, yeah, she's really enjoyed it. So be interested to hear your thoughts on it. I know you've got a couple of mates that played it. So we thought we'd spend the first kind of bit of the show just talking about our thoughts, expectations on Last of Us. And again, completely spoiler-free. Yeah, so... From the first, from the get-go, I think I have two or three friends who have already beaten it. Yeah, you know, they beat it within three days of it coming out. They're, they're freaks. They're just, yeah, I know, right? Uh, but one of them thought it was a good game. One of them thought it was a bad game. Mm. One of them's kind of indifferent, thinking it's just okay. So you're getting mixed reviews across the board. Uh, you know, two hours in, you get a big, not like a pretty big story. Moment, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. My friend hated it. Mm. I thought it was really good for driving the story. That's um, that's pretty much it. I so far, a lot of them said the gameplay was repetitive, and I can see that coming into fruition. Considering you know it's a twenty or thirty hour game, if you want to look in every single nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course you're going to feel repetitive. If you're playing any game for twenty or thirty hours, it's going to get repetitive. Yeah. So. Yeah. How do you but, feel about all that? Were you feeling that? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I'm not feeling Again, it Again, we're only, what, you're five hours, I'm eight hours in, so we're not, you know, I'm probably about a third of the way there. You're coming up <clears throat> to a third, I guess. Yeah, and if you're playing for, you know, if you could be in a weekend, of course you're going to get burnout from the same thing. 100%. So, so in terms of where it stands with you uh, against the first game, you know, the first game had a very huge impact on the industry and... You know, games following it that have been following that Last of Us formula. Uh, 
how do you feel this game lands in a couple of senses? You know, in terms of expectations, I'm sure you had high expectations for the game. Has it met that? Has it exceeded it? Is it not? Um, and what do you think its impact is going to be on games moving forward? Is it going to have the same impact as the first game did? Uh, I think it's going to have... So, personally, it feels like that game isn't meeting my expectation, but it's very, very close. This game? Are you, yes. You're referring to number two? Yeah, last, okay, last yeah. was two. Yeah. The, the first game, because no one really knew what, what they were getting into, it just, bam, above and beyond. Kind of yeah. thing. Absolutely smashed expectations for me. Mm-hmm. And that's fair enough, because that game is so ahead of its time. I think I it's love a good the first game. Yeah, yeah. First game is fantastic. If you know a choice of playing one or two over and over again, I'd play one. Yeah, and maybe it's got that nostalgia theme, but no, I think it's more of this. So I overall like the story. I like how it went through the seasons. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed how it was um, going through. You know, more of like an escort mission instead of this one's more of a. Don't want to give a story, but it's not an escort mission. Uh, but. Yeah, I think that this one's very close. It could exceed my expectations the more I go through it. But right now, I'm just doing a lot of exploring, trying to get every single nook and cranny playing it. Oh, what difficulty are you playing it on? Uh, just playing on the standard difficulty. I generally will do that uh, for most games on my first playthrough. Just probably, I always feel it gives you the, you know, you talk about how the developer wants you to play the game and, and that. I, I do that. And then I normally go back for the challenge. I think Last of Us I finished on, I don't know if I got through survival mode, like survival difficulty, which was the hardest. I think I've done hard. So I've got, I've gotten through that. So yeah, first playthrough, I'm playing it on uh, just standard, which the game's a lot harder than the first one. I've already can tell that in my eight hours. So yeah. Have you um, noticed that you have so much loot? Um, I have so much loot. As in, as in ammo? Oh, not even ammo, items. I guess. Yeah, the the first portion of the game is a bit like that, but it does dry up as okay. you go on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've been conserving my ammo, so probably that's a good idea. I've got a lot of like, I'm very. I haven't used a bomb. I haven't used a smoke thing. I just don't do that. It's just not yeah. my playstyle. Uh, so maybe in that sense, yes, I do. I haven't been forced to use them, but I wasn't mm. like that in the first game anyway. So, uh, yeah, and in terms of where I've landed on the game, you know, I'm a pretty big PlayStation kind of, you know, fanatic and been following the I studio never would have guessed, for yes. a very long time. But I had very, very high expectations for this game and probably unfair expectations. I think Naughty Dog have really hit the point now where it's like, okay, how can you improve on this formula? Yeah. Uh, I think the story of the first game was groundbreaking at the time. It, you know, it was one of the first in that era so in 2013, we're getting to the point where games are becoming more open world. It was all choice based, and that Last of Us wasn't that. This is the story that Neil Druckmann and Bruce Australia put together in Naughty Dog, and this was their story that we were playing. We didn't have a choice. I always talk about the end of the game, like when you know uh, you walk in to the hospital scene with Ellie. I will spoil the first game, but the game is seven years old. Yeah, it's fair <laughs> if enough. If you haven't, yeah, if you haven't uh, played it, maybe tune out. Tune out. So it's but, like spoiling Back to the Future to someone, like, and then he goes back yeah, to the future. And Darth Vader is, he's, he's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> if you see Ellie, 
Yeah, I didn't even do it. Uh, you see Ali on, on the bed, right? And I think it was a, one of the kind of funny podcasts that said it. Like, they were waiting for that prompt to come up. Like, all right, you either save her and, um, you know, whatever, or you choose to let them go ahead with the operation. So you got, you know, split endings. That, that wasn't the case, right? right? And even as a player, you probably have that realisation is I'm stopping them from creating this cure. Yeah. Some players, me myself was like, I was connected to their story in Ali and I wanted to save her at any cost. So I was on Joel's side, but there's a lot of people on the internet that disagreed with that. I think Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, again, he his first playthrough, he actually te- texted um, Neil Druckmann and said, oh my God, Joel's the villain. Like he, yeah. he stopped it. I didn't have that that thought, but again, it's just, it's their story and the way you take it in. So I think, again, there was a lot that would have been hard to top in this game. Oh, I think 100%. It'd be so hard to top what's going on in the first game with this game. And you're right with saying having unrealistic expectations for a sequel. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to put something on a pedestal because it will never reach it. 100%. And that's what this game feels like to me. It's very, very good. If I went in with no expectations, I would say that this game is amazing. However, I've had, you know, waiting seven years for this game. You think about it. The game is still very, very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it deserves a 10 out of 10 though. Okay. And, w- and which, what, what aspect of the game is making you drop those points? Are you using, like I always joke around the IGN scale, where 10 is a masterpiece, not a perfect game because nothing can ever be perfect? Oh, so Are you using that type of scale? No, I use 10 as perfect. Okay. So is there games that you would say... Uh, like I, that are perfect no game to me is perfect okay all right well that's so, okay well, so nothing deserves a 10 out of 10 yeah okay all right now the reason why i was saying that so if you use that ign scale i know it's mm. trivial but would you put that game where would you put it then so i think so just for context tens a masterpiece nine is amazing eight is great seven's good five's okay clearly it's not under a five but so yeah that's your rating what would you give it in that i'd say between nine and ten I don't think it's. Yeah. I mean, I haven't finished the game. It could change. It could. It could go up to a ten. There's potential for yeah. that, but it could also go down to between an eight and a nine. I don't know that yet. Yeah. What I'm finding with the game in particular is, you mentioned which one would you prefer to play, and again, we haven't finished it, so this could all change. And I would agree with you. I would prefer to play the first game, and the reason behind that is this game is so nuanced and so dark and so heavy that I can only. I'm playing for two hours at a time. I'm like, all right, that's yeah. enough. Like, I need a break. Where the first game was dark, but it still had uh, hope in it. You know, there was still a light at the end of the tunnel. There was a journey that was, you know, happening. And it was a pretty clear path. All right, we need to get Ali from here to here, uh, across the map to the Fireflies. Where this game's just, it is darting in all different directions. There's, you know, you're jumping back and forth and whatever. Uh, so, again, it's hard not to spoil it, but... There's a lot that's happening. And I think as time goes on, it's a 25-hour game, I guess. A lot of it's going to contextualise and make sense. Um, yeah. But it, it, at this point, it, the game's fantastic. Like, the, the turn, the changes they've made to gameplay are fantastic. Like, it's moved it from an uncharted style of game with heavier emphasis on stealth to a more... It nearly plays like Metal Gear Solid Five, where you you know going prone and crawling through the grass, and that's obviously appealing to me. Metal Gear Solid Three is my yeah. favorite game of all time, so I'm I'm liking all the gameplay changes. I'm liking the the heavier you know stealth influence, and 
it was interesting you said one of your mates, correct me if I'm wrong, Vinny, said that the game was feeling repetitive. Yes. I disagree with that in the sense that I feel it doesn't. And my reason behind it is because they've got a great mix of, okay, this is a, an exploration section. Here's a traversal section. Here's a stealth section. Here's a human encounter. Here's a clicker encounter. Here's a jump scare. Here's a story switch where you're playing as someone else. We're going back. We're going for It's not, you know, walk into a room, kill a bunch of people, door opens, yeah. next thing, which Uncharted was that, in the, especially in the original trilogy, right? It was always, you know, you can't get out of this room until you kill everyone on the screen. So in that sense, I feel they've done a really good way of, of playing around with all those expectations. Like it was a really cool moment. And I wouldn't say this is a spoiler and it's something so small that if you hadn't played the first game, it, it mean nothing. There's a part where you're playing with Joel and Ellie and Joel goes to boost Ellie up, which if you've played the first game, that is such a, like an ongoing thing. Like yeah. He always, she's a 13 year old girl, boost her up, boost her up, boost her up. And there's that really cool moment in the first game um, after Ali escapes the cannibals and all that, where Joel goes to, you know, boost her up and she's distracted and she's doing something else. And that was like playing with your expectation because your brain just goes, all right, there's a ledge. And that didn't happen in yeah. this game. He goes to say, I'll give you a boost. And she's like, oh, I'm 18. Like, <laughs> Like I can do it and just climbs up and he's kind of standing there like, Oh, okay. So little things like that, they're they're little touch points for if you played the first game and you've got that knowledge behind, you've got that history with the first game. Joel's watch, for example, is, is something that was very important in the first game. And it's just small little things like that, that you'll notice as a fan and you go, there's so much love and care that's being put in. And the stealth gameplay is the game's difficult. And I said to you, when we did my top five, games of all time i restarted the last of us every time i got the scene so i played through it like to perfection you can't do that with this game because if you get seen and restart the enemies aren't going to do the same patterns they did in the first playthrough so again in terms of being repetitive it's it's so dynamic the enemies react in so many different ways and the enemy variety even within the human people is different guys with guns guys with arrows guys with knives guys with you know it's just, it's really cool. And I think as the game goes on, I've heard it gets darker and darker. And that kind of worries me in the sense that I, I like having that glimpse of hope. In the first eight hours, it is very dark, but there is some moments of light through it. Okay. And um, you'll get to those points. I don't know if you have gotten to it because my timing's all crazy, but there is points of light, which is like, okay. But this game, from what I've been told, is just going to spiral into this <laughs> very dark and heavy game. Yeah, well, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, well, I guess next week we can have a little bit of uh, where we're at in that game if we don't beat it by then. Yeah, I'm hoping to do my next episode of State of Josh to be a spoiler thing, which you're welcome to join me on if you want. We can do a we can do a State of Josh with Vinny and just do a spoiler chat on it. So you're more than welcome to do that. That sounds actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Okay, Uh, but just to move on in terms of how the game's doing, it's smashing sales targets right yeah. I've, I've taken online that's sold uh uncharted 4 which came out in 2016 by one percent and this is not taking into account digital sales and this is in the uk uh yeah. and, and again i've got information on here it's the biggest launch of any box game released this year in the uk outselling uh the previous number one animal crossing new horizons by over 40 percent. so the game's smashing you know smashing it and people were worried when all the leaks came out that people weren't going to play it but or buy it. Here we are. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people who um bought the game and broke the game. Have you seen that on Twitter? 
No, uh, no. yeah, just a lot I don't of know. glitches I, and all that. No, 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 just bought the game and literally snuck the game oh. out, out of yeah, protest because they saw the leaks and it was just whatever. You know, you do you don't affect. If anything, you're still helping the sales of the game, so I don't really know what your purpose was in buying it. Yeah, they don't care if you keep the disc. Uh, it's that frustrates me to like. This is something we spoke about when you gave me the heads up about what your mate was thinking about the game. He mentioned something about the the story. Yes. And not that your mate is anywhere on the level. Did you just do a spelling check and fix one of my spelling mistakes? Yes, I did actually. It was <laughs> yeah. really, it was really just uh, really annoying me. And not to say that your mate's on this level because I'm not. I don't want to offend him, but I'm just talking about there's a difference between not agreeing with the story that you're being told and thinking a story is bad. Like we can all agree that the Transformers movies, so just tying it in because I remember you were watching Transformers. Oh, actually, the story is. I like the first movie, but the oh, story is bad. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, no. I want to say that I actually watched uh, Transformers two nights ago, the first one with uh, my yeah. girlfriend. Like she put it on. That's like okay. We're watching Transformers. Like, excellent. I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, just like, what a great time. Well, yeah, Uncle Bobby B, baby. Uncle, Uncle Bobby B. Rest in peace. Uh, that is arguably, not even arguably, that, <laughs> that is definitively a, a terrible story, right? In terms of execution, there's plot holes everywhere in that franchise. The first movie, not so much, but you yeah. look in, if you get into, what's it called? Um, Extinction? Oh, like the Kingdom and four and five. Yeah, four and five. They they make no sense. No, like they've got Bumblebee horrible. in World War Two, even though he arrived on Earth in the first movie in present day. But that's what I'm saying. That's like more harder to debate. Okay, it is a terrible story, and people defending it. Well, okay, you you got your own opinion. That's fine, but there's clear disconnect between reality at this point. Yeah. But with this game, I'm finding that people were up in arms when the leaks came out because they didn't agree with. And I don't. I haven't seen any of these leaks. So I don't even know if I've already passed the part that they're talking about but again it's not else you've got the right to not like to not like the story or not agree with the way it's going yes but in terms of if it's a bad story because you don't agree with it that is a completely different thing yeah. i think you know game of thrones is a perfect example there was a lot of things that happened that i was like oh, this is terrible like how can you do that but in hindsight now that the show's you know years removed i've actually gone oh that was a really cool cool moment it made such an impact on the show uh, so that's that's where I I sit. It's you know all these people that were in protest the last of us two clearly haven't done anything because most of them have purchased it. So yeah, that's where I stand on it. I think people just need to have some context and think think about. It. And everyone's got their right to their own opinion. Yeah. And if you do think that the story is done well, but not the way you would have wanted it, that is perfectly fine too. Because I haven't finished it. So something could happen and I could I could be in that boat in five, ten hours. So yeah. Yeah, I could when the game's over, I could hate the ending, but still think overall the story was bad in my opinion, but not bad storytelling. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And most there's plenty of games like that. You look at you look at Naughty Dog themselves, you look at Uncharted, like those games are so cool, and then you get to the final hour. And it's just a oh, yes. way of monsters. And then oh. I kill this dude that's been drinking the blue sap. Like it, 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 those are not great. Terrible moments, endings to good games. Exactly. But it doesn't really take it away from it. When you think about Uncharted 2. Yeah. I don't, my mind doesn't go straight to the, you know, the blue sap drinking Russian bad guy at the end. So no, you think of the, anyway. the train scene at the very start. It's quite okay. I think climbing up the train exactly. in the snow. Exactly. But we'll give it some time, give it some context. You know, we, we record a show once a week. So 
you know, I'm, I plan to not, maybe not finish it, but be, you know, halfway, I think by next, yeah. next week's show. I think same. Well, with my COVID weekend coming up, I think I might actually potentially finish it. I don't know. I don't want to get too much burnout. So I will try and pace myself with it, maybe a few hours a day. And that would actually be more interesting. If you finished it and I haven't, and I'm saying things and you're like, I know you're, you're going to change your mind. <laughs> like, that within, would be pretty within, interesting. That'd be funny to see. But uh, we'll leave it at there. We'll leave yeah. it there. I think the next thing uh, you actually put, brought this to my attention was that the Marvel Avengers got a new trailer and had a look at gameplay for yeah. the PS4. And that's due to come out in September, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. On the PS4 timed exclusive? No, no, it's coming to all platforms and it's coming uh, to next gen as well. So it's oh, doing wow. the old uh, smart delivery feature for both PS5 and uh, Series X. So you buy it on Xbox One and PS4 and it's a free upgrade. Yeah, so this is my first really look at seeing it, honestly. I didn't. I knew that they were making one, but I just kind of thought, oh, it's another movie game. It's going to be bad. But then I saw in the trailer and the gameplay footage, I saw it was developed by Square Enix. I thought, okay. That's cool. And then I saw some of the battle. And although the battle system, the gameplay system where you play as Thor and the trailer, if you got to take down those robots or mm-hmm. whatever they were, they kind of seem like... Aim robots, yeah. Yeah. The gameplay looked good. I still thought it looked kind of choppy. I agree. But for what it was, I think it's hard with a combo system that isn't very fluid. Like it's, um, for example, it's a looks like a hack and slash but with interchangeable parts which is going to lead to the choppiness when you when you change a combo yeah it's going to look at you know frame skipping like attack cancelling kind of those things in the animation and it shows but however the game looked pretty good the only thing i didn't like about the gameplay is that you didn't see any um uh villain on hero action Mm. you know you didn't see any it was just you fighting just the the drones Robots. and the yeah, yeah what's yeah. the word the, the the foot soldiers yeah yeah and it was uh, just like cool it didn't really seem there was no in the gameplay itself there was no you know grasping moment for me it was just cool you're flying around the store mm. what did you think of it uh <laughs> dead air there for a second i this game's always been weird it's yeah it's the destiny formula, but in a third person action game. So I think that's where the disconnect is and where the issue lies. It's not the Avengers game that I would have, if I was you know, at Square Enix and I said, all right, you can make an Avengers game. This is not the way I would have done it. It is difficult because there's so many different characters within the Avengers you know, team and lineup and they've all got their own different playing style, whether that be you know, uh, Thor flying around with the hammer, Hulk being on the ground, smashing things. So it, it is difficult. So maybe this is the only way that they could do it where they could get all the characters in together. And I get it, right? You want to play with your friends. And I'm not a Destiny fan. And this game clearly takes a lot of inspiration from Destiny, from the way that the UI works, from the way that the merchants work, from the way that you select your missions. So it's taking a lot of um, you know cues from, from those games. And potentially this could be the game that gets me into these, this type of game, okay. which I find exciting. Uh, the reveal of this game was janky and that was something yes. that, you know, I've kind of gone back and fixed a lot of the animations or the facial expressions of these characters. I think everyone freaked out and it wasn't all their fault. It's because they were expecting 
you know, Tony Stark to look like Robert Downey Jr. But that's not what Tony Stark... That's, that's Robert Downey Jr. Like, you can't do yeah. that because they would have to pay him Although, royalties. Although, Tony Stark does look an awful lot like Robert Downey Jr. in the comics and stuff like that. You know, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, it's the same facial, you know, the, the goatee, the nice, like, slick back hair, everything. And side note, I just love the word janky when describing a game. It's just... It's beautiful. The, you can use it for anything. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just the perfect word. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, I don't know if you know, so Troy Baker is voicing uh, Bruce Banner. Okay, Nolan yes. North is Iron Man. All right. So, uh, you've got... Oh, I've forgotten the... Well, so, you got a pretty... Uh, Pretty you got a really cast. heavy hitting yeah. team, yeah. So Travis Willingham is the guy who plays Thor, and mm-hmm. his wife, who's Laura Bailey. The name rings a bell, but I don't know. You'll know her from Hundred Million. Have, she's Black Widow. I, I've heard, I heard the voice in the gameplay, and I thought that voice sounds very familiar. I know that, yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary that I knew the names off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, you, but, you know yeah, that, like, you know standard voice actors and standard <laughs> actors and actresses. But yeah, that's the Avengers of like video game voice actors. They're like mm. the best pe- best people in, in the industry. So that's really cool. I think, again, they the way that these... Because that, that Thor mission... So the way that the game works, they have the story missions, which is what we saw today with Thor. And that's where you're playing as a designated character so you don't get to choose. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this... I don't know the, the actual term for it, but they've got like the, the side mission. So think of it in Destiny when you do your raids and all that, where you can kind of pick your own thing. So you've got your story missions that will obviously take you from point A to B that will tell the story and you, you, you know, one mission you're playing Iron Man, one mission you're playing this and it progresses. That's what we saw today for Thor. I thought if that was the whole mission, that is pretty disappointing. Like he's oh, not moving yes. from a, from a little platform and he's just flying around killing robots. It's not like uh, an uncharted where it's sprawling and you've got this huge level to kind of go through. So in that sense, I thought oh, this is what I'm worried about because they're playing with so many different characters and so many different play styles, it's just going to feel, okay, this is an Iron Man segment, so you're flying, and you're in mm. this little area, and you're flying, and that's all you can do. And then, all right, you're Black Widow, so you're on the ground. All right, this is how you play as Black Widow. It's, it's going to be hard to have... You're going to have variety purely based on different characters, but they're going to be confined because they can't... If I was making an Iron Man game, just like Spider-Man, you make a Spider-Man yeah. game, you perfect Spider-Man. You're making a Hulk game, you perfect Hulk. You can't do that because Iron Man can't play like Hulk, who can't play like Thor, who can't play like... And they're going to be adding in uh, new Avengers as well as time goes on. So they've already, I think, had uh, Ant-Man revealed in their first re- you know, launch reveal. So that that's cool. And they're actually adding those characters in for free. So there's no... There's going to be cosmetic kind of... Uh, oh, yeah, the standard but, skins and... You know, yeah, visual but upgrades. the characters are going to be free downloads, which is great. And so is the, the missions that they add. So they're making sure that everyone can play together at the same level and then all the cosmetic stuff, which I'm fine with, right? It's just the, the way that games are at this point. But yeah, yeah, the game just looks, as you so eloquently put it, janky. It's just, it looks weird. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing that you mentioned how, you know, you want the Iron Man parts to play Iron Man parts, you want the Thor parts to play like Thor parts. And it just gave me the the idea of like you know or just remembering how in um birth by sleep the story spread into three three parts with intersecting points where you'll see crossovers minor crossovers that's cool see that's that's what i was thinking is that you know you'd have four or five different stories and then them intersecting at random points of time so you know 
for example, you'd start off Thor and then, you know, maybe five missions in, you'll meet Iron Man. But in the Iron Man segment, when you start playing that storyline, that could be 10 missions in. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't always be at the same time. Your timelines will overlap. And then at the end would be the big fight. So you would perfect everyone's little style. So, you know, there are times where Thor could only play Thor levels, in which case you could design specifically for him flying about. Yeah. Or, you know, things that he can only do, you know, for example, destroying things with his hammer or creating a big shockwave. There'll be yeah. things, you know, that Iron Man can only do, which is like tech stuff. There'd be, you know, issues with, I don't know, you can make up stealth missions that only Black Widow could do in mm-hmm. her mission set. But it would take away from the... Um, the longevity and the replay value, which is what they want to do with the destiny style game. So and, it makes and it's really sense. hard to make. Yeah. And it's, it's like they need to make five games in one, which is very difficult because they need to create five different play styles, five different, you know, animations for different characters. I think the way I would have done it, which would have been hard, right? Because I think this is a good sell. You've got a game with the Avengers in it. Mm. I probably would have done it, split them up, like have do it. Avenger, the, the title Marvel's Avengers on PS4 and Xbox is enough to sell the game. You don't yeah. need to sell the idea of the Avengers, right? So I would have done a game maybe focusing on two heroes or two or three heroes. And that, the, that first game is a single player driven based on these three characters, whether it's you've got an Iron Man, a Black Widow and uh, Captain America, right? So you've got one guy in the air, one guy, a brawler, and one that's more of a, you know, what do they call them? Like a ninja type stealth yeah, agile. Yeah, Agile. So you could do that, right? Because you can make Black Widow stronger hitting, but weak, like uh, Final Fantasy VII, exactly like that, right? Do it like that, where it's you got your main cast that they're not switching in and out of, but you've kind of got control of all three. That would be great. That that I just that would be awesome. Do it like a Final Fantasy VII, but for Avengers. Okay, and it's Square Enix. Exactly. Namora's doing nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's ruining Kingdom Hearts. That's what he's doing. Let's, let's not pull him away. So that actually would be a, a good way of doing it. Or you have a game where it's you have one or two characters and it's what they've done with the movies. You have an Iron Man movie, you have a Captain America movie, and then maybe they could work out a way at the end. But we'll see what happens. This game, I've got a feeling it'll be delayed out of September. I think this game will come out towards PS5 launch. Xbox yeah. Series X. And it's already been delayed once, but I think it's it looks like it's going to get delayed one more time. Just just how the gameplay trailer looked and how uh, janky it looked, I'd say it would get delayed again as well. And it kind of looks like something that's only optimized for, you know, the later gen consoles, you know, the the Pro or the um mm. you know, what's the what's the mid one in the one Xbox? X. Yeah. My god, what terrible naming the Xbox has done. I told you. Yeah, it's just <laughs> shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and okay so that's that's our thoughts on marvel avengers all right last thing i want to talk about josh before we get into our uh, busy playing something segment mm-hmm. is something that you didn't really know about until i told you it oh, was the you would have thought i missed this one yeah what a surprise it's nintendo one thing you don't really care about too much yeah it's uh a pokemon game that is very much like League of Legends. It's called Pokemon Unite and it's a free-to-play MOBA, which is a massive online battle arena game available on the mobile and Nintendo Switch coming in. I th- they haven't announced a time, uh, a date, but I'm going to suggest it's probably going to be November, which is the standard for all other Pokemon games. Yeah. 
And so it's developed by Tencent, which are the the company that owns Riot Games, which is the company that makes League of Legends. Chinese business, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it makes sense that they kind of make... T- when I saw Tencent in the developer screen, I thought, okay, honestly, potentially a mobile. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? This threw everyone out of the... This came straight out of left field. Didn't know this was happening. It's like one of the first games in a long time that's not developed by Game Freak, which is the people who develop all the Pokemon games. I mean, if you yeah. exclude Pokemon Go. Uh, but it was just... Yeah, it's Niantic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes. I just thought it was like really random. Just everyone's, everyone thought it was going to be another Pokemon Let's Go game, which did particularly well. Oh, well. And it was going to be based in the Johto region or the Hoenn region instead of the Kanto region. And, you know, it'd be like mm-hmm. Pokemon Let's Go Johto. But this one's just, yeah. this one's just so random. I just don't even know what to think of it. It's just... you feel happy? Does it make you feel happy or do you feel disappointed? I will play it, but I'm just kind of like, it's, why, why is this a thing? Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's almost as if they're training people up to be League of Legends players from a very young age. That's my thoughts exactly. I think yeah. this is awesome. I think this is all. I actually think this is a great announcement. I, when I saw this, and when we spoke before, when we were kind of planning out the episode, you said, "Have you seen the new Pokemon reveal?" And I said, oh, "That's the uh, the mobile game." And you said, "No, yeah. have a look at it. It's coming to Switch." And then I was watching it, and then I messaged you. I'm like, "So it's League of Legends, but for Pokemon." Like, okay, well, where's the? Ne- there's no negative there. League of Legends is huge, and this is uh, maybe again like how Avengers was getting me into that Destiny type game. If I was going to play a League of Legends game, it's not going to be League of Legends, let me tell you. Yeah. This would be it. And this is definitely a uh, simplified version of League of Legends and it being on, you know, being on the Switch, being portable. Mm. Love the idea. I'm definitely going to play it. I have no doubt that I won't play it. I really enjoy the idea that you can play as, start off as a Squirtle and end the game as a Blastoise. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it's so cool. Like having the evolution in the game really gives you purpose in the game. Yeah, and I think uh, the League of Legends formula is clearly great and clearly popular and clearly successful and clearly easy to market. But I think it's gotten to the point now, very similar to our dear friends playing Yu-Gi-Oh, where it's gotten to the point now where it's like, all right, there's so many different elements. It's, it's gotten too confusing. So this, this, you could say, Vinny, is the Yu-Gi-Oh 7s to the League of Legends, where it's you got League of Legends and Yu-Gi-Oh sitting there and then you got Yu-Gi-Oh 7s which is the new streamlined back to basics version of that game and this game is sitting there doing the same thing for League of of Legends and being you know developed by Tencent it's a win-win for them because they've got the IP of Pokemon and backing of Nintendo to create a, a game in a world that is popular and successful but is training the mind of the gamers to go okay I've I've played Pokemon what's it called Pokemon Unite Unite for two three years now I'm a little bit older I want to play something else similar to that well let me introduce you to my friend League like it's just perfect yeah and because something with a such a high presence known as Pokemon the game will get millions of downloads just in the name alone people Mm. people download it and even just make an account and just try it they probably won't stick to it yeah a lot of people won't stick to it but the fact that again that download is huge yeah. And it's it's just so interesting that you, we've had a lot of failed MOBAs in the past, you know, off the top of my head, uh, that Battleborn game that was done by uh, 
Borderlands company. Gearbox. I remember this time. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so it was done by Gearbox. And that just flat out failed. I mean, people were trying to capitalize on the robot, but they didn't have the, what's it called? The foundation. And that really... came out the same time as Overwatch. So in terms of hero shooters, it just got <laughs> squashed. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But this having such a... It's, I mean, Pokemon. you can talk about it's such a strong foundation. I don't think it gets any deeper or any stronger than Pokemon. If you can make a game about taking photos of Pokemon successful and sell, you can make this work. Oh, 100%. Also, if I people don't really are going to buy that rubbish, they'll buy this. Do you, do you not get the whole yeah. concept Never of Pokemon? Stuff? Me neither. I don't really see the appeal. This you're taking be... photos. Yeah. Why? Why is that why? cool thing? Why is that fun? And you're on rails. Uh, it's just all stupid. But this this looks good. This is a good announcement. Nintendo have come out in the news recently. I don't know if you saw that they're actually looking to move away from uh, mobile games. They've had some success with you know uh, Animal Crossing and Pokemon Go. Uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon yeah, Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. Yeah, but they're gonna step back. So I think they may give their IP out, but they're not gonna develop like what they did with Mario Run. It's just it's not. It's not their type of... I think Nintendo said that it's not the way that they want to be perceived in the market. But yeah. where it makes sense and having it be a game that's not just exclusive to iOS, it's coming to, obviously, Android, but it's coming to Switch as well and tying it in. Mm-hmm. And it's cross... I think it's, yeah, it's cross battle, So you can play between the two. That's where you... That's where that's the sweet spot. That's where you make your money. Hopefully Tencent don't go overboard with it being free to play and just, you know, if you want to unlock Mewtwo, you need a pay $30 or whatever it is, but it's, it's, they called it a free to start game. I don't know if you yes. noticed the wording. Freemium which may just be may just be a Chinese, Japanese, whatever it is, <laughs> type translation. thing with translation, but in, I guess, you know, in America and, and Australia, English speaking countries, there's a difference between free to play and free to start. Free to start sounds to me where it's like, we'll give you a trial and then yeah, you need to pay very similar to Mario go, which I don't think that's what, what it's going to be. I think it is just going to be a free to play game, but how does it work with switch? I guess they can just have it for free on switch, but this is where it gets tricky because they don't want to introduce that type of marketplace to the switch and then get your Pokemon fan base all up in, up in, you know, riots. I don't know what the feedback has been on this. I think the game looks good, Yeah, but they got to really walk a very fine line and hopefully Nintendo is directing uh, Tencent, like they're kind of massaging them and saying, like, if you're going to have our IP, you can't just go very similar to what EA did with Star Wars Battlefront and just destroy that name and that you know yeah, what no, that you, brand means. So you can't you can't we'll put up a paywall and just mm-hmm. let it sit there. You know, we can't have the game be hindered by a paywall. Is because League of Legends free to play? League of Legends is free to play in so you get a a certain amount of characters. Characters cost something that you get with experience or you can buy the characters with money. And how then, much is a character? I mean, it depends how much you play kind of thing. You, you can technically get all the characters for free if you play um, it off. Say you, you just wanted to purchase the character. You're like, I'm not going to level up, but I want this person. Is it like a $5 purchase or? Oh, uh, it's one. There's one character that's, you know, one, $2. There's characters that are like 10. Oh, so there's different on, levels. Depending on release of the characters. Oh, this is where it's going to get sticky. Yeah. And I think the fact that, you know, the game's been around for so long, people just don't really care. And then now people who have played for that long have gotten every character anyway, that when a new character comes out, you have that EXP built up that you can just buy with EXP and not money. 
and then, the characters are they just skins or they like no they have different you know, if you've got a if you purchase this character and i've got a base character you have a advantage over me to begin with so no no, no. so characters there's 120 something 130 different champions they all mm. use a different mechanic kind of thing but then there's okay. skins for each individual character and they just look cosmetically different okay but the way that the characters play was it like is there a difference as in not in terms of their actual gameplay but in terms of an advantage like is there shit characters versus good characters or are they all equal in some way uh there are shit characters there are op characters there are bad characters and you know just like in every get every fighting game there's a tier list of good and bad yeah of course yeah yeah uh, we'll just have to watch it closely i think we'll both download it at least so yeah maybe we can play that together yeah maybe maybe do a little do a little let's play action with me and you yeah. can coach exactly. you through uh, your MOBA, your first MOBA. my first baby's first MOBA. baby's <laughs> first MOBA. all right that's uh anything else you want to add on that little subject no worries have fun enjoying your little uh pocket squirrels go for it yeah that's it well i guess we should uh and a turtle and a bull yeah yeah well now let's move on to busy playing something did you like it uh now busy playing something is the namesake of our show where Vinny, I'm Vinny, where Josh or I bring either a game, TV show, movie, or podcast to the virtual table. The other host is two weeks to consume the media and discuss it in the following week's episode. Now, you'll get that Josh, one day. <laughs> Josh, this yes. is already out of whack because it's been, now been, what are we, three, three weeks? Three weeks. And I gave you a game three weeks ago. And now you finished it. You've actually finished this game. I finished it. I finished it. So the game was Bastion, developed by Supergiant Games. I've got some notes written here. Oh, yes. Uh, it's originally released on the 20th of July, 2011. So Super Supergiant Games are the guys that have developed Transistor, Pyre, and then Epic's exclusive Hades, which I actually want to play. So, <laughs> yeah, I had three weeks to play the game. Uh, initial thoughts when starting the game up. I've, I've heard of Bastion in the past. I've, I know it's been praised in the industry. I knew, you know, off the top of my head from that episode about the, the narrator. And I remember hearing that in the reviews that it's got like a, a narrator guy that was walking you through literally every step of the game and would make comments based on things you did. I think, for instance, I think when I first got the hammer, I smashed everything in that little area and he actually made a comment to say, yeah, and just continues to smash things for no reason or something along those lines. So that was really cool. I think uh, the, the game's got a very uh, unintrusive story. You know, there's obviously the, the calamity that happened and then there's this bastion and you play as a character called the kid whose mm-hmm. job is to, re- you know, collect these crystals that can rebuild the bastion. So there was a, a you know, a, again, a calamity that's happened and this bastion's there, you know, the place that you go to when, something happens and he's rebuilding that. And then you, you know, you play the kid. It's an isometric, what would you call it? Hack and slash kind yeah, of almost action RPG ish action RPG type game. Uh, the gameplay at the start felt, it felt its age. You yeah. can definitely, I think transistor transistor. I've only played well, I played bastion. Now I played transistor and I've tried pie. Pie was very different, but I think transistor had the smoothest gameplay and you know that came out on ps4 i think at launch so it's a next generation or it's a current gen game now but at the time it was you know where bastion was 2011 so it's still on the uh, ps3 and 360 but the game does show its age in some sense i think that the 
The game still looks great because of the art yeah. style, but it has aged a little bit. I think that the, I think a newer version of that game would have had a bigger draw distance and you can see things more clearly. I think, you know, the game was developed to be on nearly everything, including your kitchen fridge. So it's <laughs> got to be on an engine that can be trained, you know, it could be on your phone, it could be on this, it could be on a big screen. So it had to be flexible in that sense. Uh, the gameplay was fun. Uh, I liked how you had your different play styles between you know the, uh, the the hammer. I like the dual pistols, which you get really close towards the end of the game. Yeah, like you've got a sword. You've got all these different things. So, uh, yeah, the game was, I think, again, had a very... had a story that was laid on top of the gameplay, but it wasn't always in your face. There was no cutscenes. It was kind of scripted, you know, story beats, but there was no real... You know, here's a cutscene explaining what everything mm. is. Uh, I think there was an over there was a message in this game, and I put some notes down as I was playing it because I think if you if you just play it, you probably would miss it. So the game kind of centers on two uh, tribes, I guess, called the Ura, and oh, I don't even think I could pronounce the other one. The Siandra, it's something Solandra. along yeah, something along those lines. So you know. The, the game happens and there's this calamity and then you find this character called Zolf, which is from the Ura tribe and you rescue him and he, he, you know, stays with you on the bastion. And then there's a turning, I'm spoiling a game from 2011, by the way. So if you haven't played it, it's fine. Spoiler warning. Um, and there's a part of the game where Zolf actually betrays you and returns back to the Ura. So the narrator, which I've forgotten his name kind of tells you in a quick story beat that you may miss very easily that, the Salandra were actually planning to attack the Aura prior to this calamity. So as you're rebuilding the world, as a character, as a Salandra people, if you think about it, you're actually destroying everything to get these crystals. So it's about a character who will do anything to, you know, what he thinks is right, returning the world and doing the right thing by his people. He's actually destroying everything to do it you know you're smashing everything and you're actually prompted to do it because that's how you actually level up as well so there's that very interesting play on it so you do all that uh you destroy everything and you're returning you're collecting these crystals that are rebuilding the bastion to to kind of restart the world so the whole story behind it is basically you're given two options you you know complete the bastion and you leave it at that and you move on with what you've got and start anew or you restart everything and fix everything. And the risk with doing that is, uh, you know, what happened in the past or what happened can happen again. So I guess as the kid you're playing through and you're like, okay, well, it's not so bad that I'm killing and destroying all these things because I'm just going to bring it back anyway at the end. But it's kind of like, well, you know, depending on which side of the wall you're in, your, your side's always the, the righteous side or the good side. So I liked all that. I think that really that part with Zolf when you find him kind of betrayed by his own people lying there on the floor and you've got the choice to either leave, leave him behind and just wreck shop or pick him up and, and walk through the rest of the level. And there's that really nice music playing. And as the kid, that's the first moment where you um, can't fight back. You can't pick up your sword. You can't do anything. You just got to walk through and you're slowly getting hit and hit by, you know, their forces as you get through the end of the game. So I think yeah, I like I like games like that where there's like a meta kind of story behind it. So yeah. overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if you got that from everything yeah. I just said. This well, you, you did a very deep dive into it, so I really think that you uh, call this That's one. Me. Is this our, is our first success 
story? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Did, did you, you expect did... anything less than a deep dive when I play something? No, or... no, no, no. When you play something, you go all out, whether it could be good or bad, except for Mega Man. Let's scrap that one. But mm. this was uh, that's just not. This is really this, good. Yeah. Wasn't I, really that game. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a Josh game, and that's it. We know. Yeah. We don't know what makes a Josh game really, but we'll talk about it at some point. But yeah. the uh, the thing I really enjoyed about what you said is that you said that the um, you know you're doing good by your people, but not good overall. And that makes me to believe that, you know, the, the character's called the kid and not the hero or, you know, he's easily being called the, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's called the kid just to give him no, he's not biased to good or evil. He's just doing right by what he thinks is just, but yeah, doing so he is not a hero by any means. And even as the gamer, if the character was called the hero, you go, okay, he's the good guy. Yeah. So he's yeah. And he's kid. not a bad guy. Like he's no, just doing, he's, he's woken up going, what the hell? <laughs> I yeah. need to do all these things. And he's being guided to do it. And what he's doing is not necessarily bad to restart everything, but it just has that moral question. Well, if I restart it, is the war just going to happen? Or do I rebuild and then just move on with what we've got and start anew? Yeah. But overall, great movie. I love the, love the narration, love the music. Yeah. I really enjoy the, I love the watercolored backgrounds. Yeah. Um, just, oh, just the color hues, everything. The gameplay is the only thing really lacking for me, but even then, yeah, but even for what it was, which is isometric view mm-hmm. of an action RPG with still having weapon upgrades, still having, you know, little upgrades in the game and little ability upgrades as well. It does it still kind of hits, it's a little bit of depth to the gameplay. That There's you enough. Don't, yeah, that you don't expect for something that, you know, started out as an indie game that came out on, you know, back in 2011. 2000, games in two, indie game in 2011 didn't really have that much depth or ticked all these boxes. They'd be missing one or two or, you know, mm. not hit and anything. And not only that, it's funny, I went back and watched a review of this game after just before this episode went live because I finished the game a couple of days back. I'm like, I'll just watch a quick review. I'm interested. I know it got very highly reviewed and I watched the IGN review, which was funny because it was Greg Miller. Oh, really? Nine years ago. Um, so yeah, was watching that and it was interesting. The verbiage is another word for you. Ooh, that yeah, they I didn't know that was a word. Describing those type of games. Like I, I forgot back then they would say, this is really good for a downloadable game. Where now oh, we wouldn't say that. Yeah, no. But back then, it was just like it was downloadable game meant lesser. And mm. now when you think of downloadable game, you don't really necessarily think of that. So that's just something interesting that I picked up on. But yeah, I think overall is a very successful uh, thing. And the studio has has grown and developed and, and changed. Like Transistor is a clear successor to Bastion. Uh, not so much Pirates in a different type thing, but Hades again, even though it's Again, it keeps that isometric view. I think it's more um, randomly generated type uh, roguelike okay. game. But it's still got the same... You look at it and you're like, I can see the DNA of Bastion in this game. So, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm super happy you liked it, actually. So, that's, have that's you really... Have you had a chance to play Transformers or you haven't got it yet? It's I don't have it yet, no. I've actually ended up buying them both because they came in a bundle on eBay. I found them both. So I'm just going to, I'm actually going to play the first one and oh, then I'm going to play. Not long. The f- no. Yeah. So I'm hoping to play the first one and then play the second one. Okay. Yeah. We'll just do that. That's fine. Yeah. So I'm just going to alter your, it's all right. alter your busy playing something, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's we'll fine. fix it in post. Well, I was going to say the first game, but I just thought 
if you can only get one, the second way, the second game's a lot better. So, but yeah. if you want to do the first one, it makes sense, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna go full into it. I think it's gonna be hard because I want to shuffle. I really want to finish Last of Us, but then I also yeah. gonna do this game for us. So, I. But what's good with this? It's like a Last of Us. Is, like I said, it's like such a heavy <laughs> hitting yeah. thing. This is just popcorn for the brain. You just put it in, start shooting, and. You'll, you'll enjoy it. I love it. I love those games. I do love some good brain popcorn. Well, mm, mm, mm. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Josh? Any other notes? Any other queries, quanders, quotations? Questions, comments, or concerns? That's the one. Yes. I don't know what I came up with. I don't know. Quanders. <laughs> quanders. Yeah. You ever pondered and questioned? That's a quanda. I've yearned. Yeah. <laughs> that's another Seinfeld reference for you. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps me up, Vinny. Well, that's it. Well, I guess... Uh, I have your host for today, Vince Candelo, joined by my co-host Josh, and we are busy playing something, and we are available on Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and our socials are Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at busy playing something. So for Twitter. Except for Twitter, which is busy on Twitter. You've got to do the tune. You've got to go, like, I always do the, um, what is it, available on podcast services each, that's how I do it, podcast services each and every Friday. That's how I got it. So podcast services each and every Friday at 9pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And then on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. You've got to just credit. Do you want we'll to do the outro? Song. Just do the outro. All right, fine. So this has been Busy Playing Something, episode 12. You can find us on podcast feeds each and every Friday at 9 p.m. going live on Australian Eastern Standard Times, 9 p.m. And then live on YouTube, 9 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Times each and every Sunday. You can find us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Busy Playing Something, except for Twitter where we're busy underscore playing. See, no, that's good. And I can hear the tune in that now. So I understand. I really just got to work on it. I think I'm just going to listen to what you said and treat it like music lyrics mm. and then just do it like that. But <laughs> that's, uh, that's all we have for tonight. That's us. See you later. <laughs> yeah. May the power protect you. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, you can't yes. believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. You ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia?